So let me begin by asking you, how many of you have storms in your life? Storms, you know, storms. In Hindi, Andi Tufan. Storms, you know, lightning, thunder. You know. You, you don't need to be on a boat to experience a storm. All of us experience storms in our life. In fact, Jesus never, let me say it again, Jesus never promised a storm-free life. Did he say, if you follow me, if you believe in me, you will have a storm-free life. And you live a happily ever after. Happily ever after is true, but storm-free life is not true. But he promised us storm-proof life. The difference between storm-free and storm-proof is storm will come, but it will not overtake you. Amen. It will not overcome you. The wind came, the rain came, it was thundering and it was lightning, but the house was built on the rock, stood still. So if your life is built on Jesus, let the storms come. Let the storms come. Your response to every storm should be joy. Your response to every storm should be joy. Can I say like this? In the Bible, there are only three legitimate ways to responding to a storm. Three legitimate ways. The first one is laughing, being joyful. <laughs> when storms come at your way, knocks at your door, you open and you say, <laughs> you laugh. The second one is you eat. <laughs> when storms come your way, you eat. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, when enemies come, God prepares a table for you and he says, eat. Stop looking at the enemy, eat. The third one is sleep. Jesus was sleeping when there was storm, the boat was rocking. There was a time when Jesus was enjoying the rocking of the boat. The best time to sleep is when you have a storm. You know, Peter was in jail. By the way, this is not my sermon. Okay, I'll begin. Peter was in prison. He was caught. They had just killed James the other day. He's in prison. We have no idea what may happen to him. Peter is in prison, but the Bible says he was sleeping. How can you sleep when you have no idea what is going to happen next? The angel of the Lord came to rescue Peter and he had to wake him up. Peter, wake up. I'm here, but he's sleeping. He's snoring. Joy, feed sleep joy feed rest those are the three responses when storms come knocking at us amen that's how you should respond being joyful 
feeding on God's word and resting in his peace. Resting, resting. Amen? Let me show you a verse. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You know, there is, there is a perception in the body of Christ that if you enter a church and you see the aunties wailing and weeping and crying out loud, we think it's a very spiritual church. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? You enter a house, you've gone for house visiting. If you're a pastor, you enter a house and you, you know that the auntie was praying and she was crying out loud and singing Dukkha Tinde Pana. You know, for, for the Malayalis, you know what I'm singing. It means uh, the cup of sorrow. When will you take from me the cup of sorrow? And we think, Wow, that's such a spiritual, spiritual house. Nehemiah is telling his people, eat the fat. Do you know what fat is? <laughs> fat, fat is the overflow of the meat. If you don't know what fat is, visit Nizamuddin. <laughs> when you eat the fat of that meat, that fat will overflow from your body. <laughs> For guys who don't understand the joke, come with us. I'll tell you. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is joy. Joy is our portion. You know, we used to cry. We used to weep. We used to wail. But that is over because Jesus has come. Joy has come. Women, why are you weeping? Your reason for weeping, your reason for sorrow is over. You don't have a legitimate reason to cry today. Joy has come. Jesus has come. Amen. Come on. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Since it's Christmas, there's a pressure to preach a message of Christmas. But Luke chapter 2 verse 10. This is the angel of the Lord who appears to a group of shepherds. And the angel tells them, Luke chapter 2 verse 10, are you with me? And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. Not just joy, great joy. Good news of Jesus is the good news of great joy. Jesus is great joy. So I understand if you entered your prayer room, 
weeping, crying, upset, disappointed, discouraged, anxious. But I don't understand if you get out the same. That means you didn't, you didn't meet Jesus, you met somebody else. Jesus is great joy. Good news of great joy. The angel tells the shepherds, I've come to give you good news of great joy. And he says this good news of great joy will be for all the people. Say with me, all the people. People who are smoking, people who are drunkards, people who have bad attitudes, people who keep shouting when they're driving in the car, people, all people, all people. This is good news for all people, not just for Christians, not just for people who have made it, not just for people who have somehow, somehow prayed four hours a day. It is for all people. Good news for all people. So Jesus is the good news of joy for all people. Now see, he says, for unto you, for unto whom? Say, for unto me. Okay, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Jesus is the great joy. Why is, he a, why is he the great joy? Because he is your savior. Because he can become your Lord. Do you know, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord, that means you are the Lord of your lives and you are doing a pretty bad job at being the Lord of your life. But if you can give your life to somebody who can do a much, 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 much better job, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? Think about it. What would you want? You have a business, and somehow the business is just surviving. But then somebody says, hey, can I buy you, buy from you this business? And I give you a hefty amount from the profits every month, and it will be increasing. If you were just surviving, if you're just making it in life, would you sell your business to that person because you know that that person, for example, let's say that person is Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, a person who has a good credibility in the business and he says, let me take this business, okay? You don't worry about the business, you enjoy your life and I will give you a hefty amount every month and it will be increasing just because the person says it because the person has credibility you will believe him here jesus your savior is born who can become the lord of your life how long are you going to become the lord and still just somehow make it through in life when you have somebody who can master, who can be the true master of all riches and you enjoy the fruit of it. See, when he becomes the master and we, we come under his submission, you don't have to think, how will I grow this business? You don't have to think, how will I expand my life? How will I grow in life? 
your your responsibility is to be under submission and there is submission is a privilege because you're not taking the stress of it you're not taking the burden that comes with it jesus takes it that's why submission is beautiful how many of you are working in a corporate job you all have bosses right they earn more than you do you know why they earn more than you because they take more stress than you guys do submission is a privilege you're not your boss say hallelujah because submission is a privilege don't be the boss of your life when jesus has offered lordship and he's saying let me take the stress and you enjoy life so here the angel says for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord who needs a savior today who needs a savior from your circumstances who needs a savior some of you need a savior from your own thinking you know <laughs> some of you need a savior from your own selves you are the greatest hindrance to your own blessing Amen. Here the angel says, "Good news of great joy." Amen. Good news of great joy. Why? Because you have received a savior. You have received Christ the Lord. Amen. Now see the response when once the shepherds they visit this baby. See the response in verse twenty, Luke chapter two, verse twenty. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all. They had heard and seen as it had been told them. How did the shepherds return? They were joyful. They were celebrating. It was a party, right? Are you guys still with me? Next story. Take a chapter before Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one was forty-one. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The story is about a couple, Elizabeth and Zechariah. They were a couple; they could not have children for a long time. And finally, the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, and Elizabeth became pregnant. Now, Elizabeth is pregnant, and the baby that's inside of her. Is John, whom we later known as John the Baptist. Now Elizabeth is pregnant with John. Mary, who is Elizabeth's cousin, she comes to visit Elizabeth. The moment Mary announces, "Hey, Elizabeth," the baby, listening to that sound, leaps in joy. Just hearing the greeting of Mary, John. Leaps in joy. Now read with me verse forty-four. Mary uh, Elizabeth says, "For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy." So the moment you start hearing, 
the good news the baby starts leaping leaping in joy now it doesn't just end just one spurt of oh leaping in it's done you know like sometimes you say you see the pregnant mother saying oh he's kicking it was not just one spurt of you know it was not just one moment the bible says the baby leaped in her womb verse 41 and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit when joy leaps within you you are filled with the holy spirit there's a fullness of the holy spirit when joy leaps within you but it begins by hearing hearing the good news do you know the good news of Jesus has not lost its power. It is still as powerful as it was 2,000 years ago. The good news of Jesus has the capacity and the potential to not just make you leap in joy, but to fill you, to make you overflow in the Holy Spirit. Joy leads to an overflowing of the Spirit. That's why Isaiah 12 verse 3 says, with joy you will draw out salvation with joy you will draw out salvation have you received the holy spirit the holy spirit is within you do you know that the holy spirit that is within you he is not just there to just stay within you in a little box he wants to come out streams of living waters streams of living waters the cloth that you're wearing right now, which is meant to cover the body, that body is not meant to be covered by this cloth. That body is meant to be covered by the Holy Spirit. Your body was designed to be covered by God's Spirit. See, when, when Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they did not wear clothes. But they didn't look at each other shamefully. Because the Spirit of God that was in them came out covering them right but what stopped the spirit of god to cover them was the knowledge of good and evil every time you forsake knowledge of god and you take the knowledge that is within you what are you doing you're basically stopping the flow of the holy spirit see this is your body this is your body. Inside your body is your soul or your mind, your heart, whatever you call it. Inside your soul is a spirit. So for the spirit to come out, it needs to pass through the soul and then pass through your body. Right? So there are two valves for the spirit of God to flow from. The first valve is the valve of the heart. The second valve is the valve of your mouth. Okay? So when your heart's open in worship and your mouth's open in praise, the Holy Spirit can flow from within you and not just overflow, not just overwhelm your thoughts and emotions, but it can actually cover your body. It can cover your body. It can heal every sickness that is there. Heal every infirmity of the body and the mind and the soul. And it can cover your body with the glory of the Lord. 
Jesus on the mountain, he was transfigured. Right? You remember Jesus was transfigured? That Peter was shocked. He was so shocked he did not know what was coming out of his mouth. Paul says in Romans 12 too, but do not be do not be confirmed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But be transformed. The word transformed over there is the same word as transfigured. This transform, the word over there, is the same word as transfigured. So Paul is telling you, you can be transfigured by the renewal of your mind. Meaning there is a point where you can overflow in the Holy Spirit so much that it does not just fill your heart and mind, that it does not just give you good emotions and good thoughts, but it can overflow your mind that your bodily appearance changes. Your bodily appearance changes. You know when you look at some people and you say, oh, there's a glow on your face, but that's just the light that is shining, reflecting on them. The Holy Spirit can consume you to a point that your bodily, physical body can be transformed. That's the true glow of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And how do you do it? How do you overflow in the Holy Spirit? One of the ways is joy. With joy, you will draw out salvation. With joy, you will overflow in the Holy Spirit. With joy. With joy. With joy. You know, once, um, I was in the metro, and I was listening to music. How many of you, when you're traveling, you listen to music, right? I think most of us do. So I was listening to music. I was putting on some praise and worship songs. And you know it was on really high volume. I got so lost in music, I did not realize that I was singing the song quite loud. Have you, have you noticed people who sing when they're listening to music? Those people think that they are on, they are singing the right pitch and the right note. But people who are outside, they're like, "Oh man, this is torture." <laughs> I was that person. I was singing, and I, I, I opened my eyes, and I saw a lot of people were staring at me. And I realized my knees were, you know, they were shaking. My body was grueling. I was in the flow. And then slowly, slowly, because I saw people staring, I, I slowly stopped. <laughs> and I moved to the next bogey of the metro. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Don't be a starer. <laughs> Do you know who stares? You know... <laughs> I've led worship, you know, I used to lead worship. And there's this joke among worship leaders that no matter where you lead worship, there will always be one person who will be staring at you. <laughs> there's immense joy, immense singing and dancing happening, but there will be one person at least who will be 
I will not move. I am stubborn. You can't make me move. No. Don't be a sterile. The one who listens to music grooves. <laughs> See, you know what? I'll tell you something. I, I can't dance. I just can't. And I'm not saying out of, I'm not saying out of humility. I just can't. Okay. But in in the house, you know, me and Betty, if we start dancing, we start laughing at each other. That's the way of our our moments of joy. We we can't dance. Even she she can't dance. <laughs> Telling you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if you listen to music, if you metaphorically, if you listen to the sound of heaven, if you listen to the good news of Jesus, you cannot stop dancing. You cannot stop grooving. Look at somebody and say, don't be a starer, be a groover. <laughs> you need to groove. Don't be a starer. What are these guys doing, man? You know, when the prayer is happening, what are these guys doing? Yeah, saying something. I can't even realize what he's saying. Don't be a starer. Be a groover. Right? People who don't listen to music hate people who are grooving. Why? Because they don't get what they are having. They're like, what's happening? Why is he grooving? Everything is bad. Economic recession is happening. They are talking about COVID coming again. Lockdowns happening. Why is this person grooving? It doesn't make sense. Stop grooving! Don't shake your leg. Don't be a starer. Listen to the music. Listen to the gospel of Jesus. If you listen to the gospel of Jesus, you will not stay the same. You cannot be silent. You cannot remain silent. You know, when you're lost in music, you will start singing with the music. No matter how off-key you are, you don't care because you are in a groove. You are in a rhythm, right? Nobody can steal this joy. Just imagine. Just imagine with me. The devil came, knocked on your door, and you opened the door, and he has come with weapons to attack you. And the moment you see the devil, you're dancing. <laughs> how, how would it be? How would, I'm telling you, how would he feel? He came, you, he came at you with all the weapons to scare you. And all you're doing is... <laughs> see, I, I, don't, I don't get what when Jeremy does this, you know. How, how do you do it? I was feeling so dizzy by the third round. But just imagine, if you can dance at the devil, my goodness, it's like a slap on his face. You know, you don't always have to be like, you came at me with a machine gun, let me also take a bigger machine gun. You don't have to do that. If you rejoice, if you don't lose your joy, if you stay encouraged, don't let him have his 
anxiety working in you is the biggest slap on his face. Amen. 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 So listen to the good news. When you listen to the good news, joy will leap within you. And that joy that will leap within you will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Fill you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christians are supposed to be the most joyful people, not the most serious people. You know, They're supposed to be the most joyful people. That's why I keep telling Ashish to remind me, please tell me to smile. We have to be the most joyful people. Why? Because the joy is Jesus. And he is here. Amen? One more story, okay? Are you guys with me? Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This is talking about some wise men. These wise men from, were, were from some eastern part of the world. And they saw the star. And somehow, in, in, in their understanding, they realized that the star had a great significance. So they followed the star wherever the star moved. Right? Why? Because they knew that this star had a great significance. It spoke for them, it spoke of a king being born. A king is never born. A prince is born. A prince becomes a king. A king is never born. So they knew that this was extraordinary. This is not natural. So they were following the star and just imagine with me, when they were following the star and they knew that it was talking about the king, they went into Jerusalem and the first thing that they do is they meet King Herod, who is the king of that time. Why do they go to the palace? Because the star signified a birth of a king. Where would you go if you know a king is being born? You go to the palace. So they go to the palace, but they realize that the king was not born there. So now, as soon as they get out of the palace, they see the star again, and now they are rejoicing. Why? Because they realize that it was not the palace, so they have not missed out on the one who is giving them GPS location. So they are rejoicing. Why? Because the GPS location is recalculating their way. You missed your way, you used your brains, you used the logical reasoning, you went to the place where you thought you will find the king. Now, when you have come out, the star is still there giving them directions. That's why it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. How many of you look at a star and rejoice? How many of you look at a star and rejoice? The shepherds saw the star, right? The star was there in the sky. The shepherds did not rejoice. That's the difference between a shepherd and a wise man. Wise men don't need an angel to come and tell them, rejoice. They can see the signs before it happens. 
You know what's the difference between mature Christian and immature Christian? The amateurs and the professionals. The amateurs are happy when things are good. But the professional Christians <laughs> who have tested the word, even when things are bad, they can see the signs and still rejoice. Think about it. Are you facing a storm in your life? But can you see the signs that follows a storm and rejoice? Next verse, Matthew 2.11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Stay with me, okay? Because I want you to imagine, if you were wise men, traveling from afar, made quite a trip following a star, and you see a baby in clothes, in a place that is not of great standards. Okay? If you saw a baby in a manger, but you, would, you came looking for a king. Expectation, reality. How would you, how would you respond? You came seeking a king. But all that you see is a baby in a manger. How would you respond? You'd be disappointed. But the wise men, they were not just looking at the things the way they were. They were looking at things that they were seeking for. <clears throat> see, this is very powerful. When you look at things as they are, you will only look at things. But when you come with a heart of seeking and searching, when you're looking for something, you will find that something in spite of what you look at. Does that make sense? See, they came because they were, they came because they were looking for a king. Okay? So when they came, they saw a baby, they saw the baby in the manger, they were not discouraged because they have found the king. You look in the mirror, you see yourself, you get disappointed. You know why? Because you're only looking at yourself. But if you look for the king, you will find the king within yourself. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. But when I look at myself, it, nothing, nothing aligns to that truth. My body is weak. I'm having backache. I can't walk properly. The cold is killing me. I'm having mental health issues. But if you can look beyond what you're looking at and look for the king that you have received, you will find the king.
when I was getting married, we were in our courtship period and Betty asked me, what do you like about me? I was not being spiritual. I'm being honest. I looked at her and said, I see Christ in you, the hope of glory. She didn't get it. She was so upset because she thought I'll say something like, you're beautiful, you're smart, your sense of humor is great. All of that which is true. But what attracted me to her was that I saw Christ in her. Do you know, some of these guys, you, you haven't met Matthew seven years ago. You haven't met Ashi seven years ago or Jaren seven years ago. They are, praise God for that. You haven't met them. It took a lot of faith to see what they could have become today. Are you hearing me? I saw Christ in them then when they could not see Christ in themselves. When you see Christ in somebody, you can basically, see, through your eyes of faith, pull that reality out because you're not just looking at what you see, you're looking for something. And I want to say, I see Christ in you. I'm not just looking at you, I see Christ in you. And because I can see Christ in you, I can pull that reality out. It's just a matter of time. Let me just say, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of revelation. You can catch it. All of these three people, Elizabeth, the shepherds, the wise men, they saw Jesus or they saw the significance of the great king and they rejoiced. How much more? How much more should you rejoice when the king is within you? Paul says, Christ in you, this is the greatest mystery that Paul says, you know, in Colossians 1.27, he says, the greatest mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Stay with me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How much should you be joyful when the joy, not just the reason of joy, when the joy, the joy, the great joy is within you? You don't have just John the Baptist who is leaping with joy. You have Jesus within you. You know, Jesus told his disciples in John 16, it is for your benefit that I leave. You know, today, all of us are praying, oh Jesus, when will you take me from these circumstances? Jesus says, it is for your benefit that I leave because when I leave, I can send you the Holy Spirit. It is for your benefit that you have received the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit within you? He is more beneficial to you than Jesus in the flesh. How many of you have made this prayer in your desperate time? Oh, Jesus, only if you were there with me. Only if I could see you, my life will be. The same spirit of Jesus is in you. Holy Spirit is the same spirit of Jesus. And he is in you. How much more should you rejoice? How much more? How much more? You don't just have the signs of seeing the king. There's a whole kingdom deposit within you. Whole kingdom. 
kingdom of joy, kingdom of peace, kingdom of righteousness. A whole kingdom has been deposited within you. Will you draw it out? Or will you just let it remain there? You can draw it out with joy. With joy. And joy is loud. Do you, do you know that? Joy is loud. The psalmist says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You, you can't be joyful. I'm joyful. Joy is loud. You will break out into joy. Don't tell me this, that I'm an introvert. This is how I pray. I'm a silent, prayer, prayerful person. Don't tell me that. I've been there and I understand the hypocrisy behind it. You are not an introvert. You know, who wants to pray silently? You just don't want to rejoice in the Lord. You want to be satisfied in your misery. I've been there. That's why I can tell you on your face. You like self-pity and you want to remain in misery and you... No, I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm praying. Thank you, Jesus. Break out of your self-pity. Rejoice. Open your mouth. Rejoice. Rejoice. Let the Holy Spirit become not just an inner reality, but become your reality that you experience in your life. Rejoice. Amen? Rejoice. Open your mouth and rejoice. I get irritated when I see people in prayer when they're just staring. Alvin is praying. Alvin, people are staring. First of all, can I give you one, one, one tool? One tool is close your eyes when you're praying. You know why? The spiritual reality is an invisible reality. Is it true or not? The physical reality is the visible reality. So if you want to tap into an invisible reality, what are you doing opening your mouth? Open your, oh, open your mouth, do. What are you doing when you're opening your eyes? Are you getting this? If you're opening your eyes, you are stuck between the two. I'm here, I'm here. Visible, invisible. Visible, invisible. Don't do that. Close your eyes so that you can tap into the invisible reality of God's realm, right? And break out in joy by speaking, speaking, speaking. It's when you become a sterile, you know? Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at everybody's clothes right now. Hmm. But I'm going to be a very solemn, prayerful person. Hmm. Don't do that. Close your eyes and open your mouth. Close your eyes and open your mouth. Don't do the opposite. Don't open your eyes and close your mouth. <laughs> close. <laughs> close your eyes and open your mouth. Amen. Tune yourself to the frequency of heaven and rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. See, I'll be honest with you. If you're new in this church, and if you come to me for counseling, I'll listen to you with all my heart. But if you're not new, ask the old people. When they come to me for counseling, 
I'm not listening. I'm. <laughs> Open your mouth, you. <laughs> I'll tell you why. The reason why is somewhere we get too comfortable talking about our problems. Oh, my heart is hurting. Oh, my back is hurting. You know, we get too comfortable talking about our problems. I'm having this issue for five years, and look at the uh, intensity of this issue. It's so big. We love talking about our problems. You know why? Because it somehow validates us of our significance. Don't get your validation from your problems. Don't get your significance validating your problems. But my, I have a genuine problem. I get it. I get it, but have you read the scripture which says, "He who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world." There is no problem that is greater than the one who is in you. So don't talk to me about your problem. Getting it? There's so much to be joyful. There's so much for you to tap into. Don't, please. I'm telling you guys. Don't entertain pity, and don't hold a pity party. Matthew, can you join me in your pity party? Amen. See, if you need help, ask for help and be very straightforward. See, that's the problem with the church. One of the problem with the church is everybody wants to pretend as if nothing is wrong. Right, and because we want to pretend, we slowly, slowly, in spurts, we want to release that information. Oh, you know, I'm struggling. I'm going through this. If just be who you are, just come to God as you are. You can enter that throne of grace in boldness, being as you are. Lord, this is broken. I'm having a backache. This is all the problems that I have. Be who you are. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Even when you're talking to people, ask them for help. Don't pretend. It is when you pretend that you hold like a party, right? Come as you are. Do you know that when Jesus met the Samaritan woman, he had to confront her. You have five husbands. I'm telling you, look at me. You have five husbands, and the one whom you're living is not your husband. He had to confront her. Why? Because Jesus wanted to tell her, "I know what you're going through, and I still accept you, and I still want to work with you." So one of the things about entering God's presence is just coming as you are. Don't pretend. Don't pretend your life is sorted. It's okay. But as you stay in God's presence, His presence will change you. So you can enter, enter, enter His presence, being sorrowful, being anxious. But if you don't pretend, you will see His grace coming through in your life, and it will change your emotions. You leave joyful. I still have the problems, but I'm joyful because I don't believe in those problems. I believe in a God who is my Savior, who is my Lord. Amen. Do you have problems to be upset? Even if you do, you have greater reasons to be joyful. There's a joyful reality that is within you. Overcoming, overwhelming, overpowering joy that is within you. Release that joy by your words. 
डोंट डोंट होल्ड अ पिटी पार्टी रिलीज योर जॉय बाय योर वर्ड्स बाय योर वर्ड्स डोंट बी अ स्टेरर क्लोज योर आईज ओपन योर माउथ यू गैस विथ मी Are you guys with me? Yes. So when you see a mountain, laugh. When you see a problem, laugh. Amen. Open your mouth. It's so key to opening your mouth. It has nothing to do with personality. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and praise Him. You know, one of the things that I do in in the house, and Betty hates it, but I still do it because the fruit of it. one thing that i do is randomly you know very randomly i just scream yes jesus very randomly and she'll be like what happened i'm like nothing you need to release your sound I'm telling you, you have to release your sound. Don't hold it within. Release it. You, you, have you seen those uncles in the park who do? <laughs> They're only releasing air. You have something greater to release. Release God's word. Don't, don't, don't get boxed up by what the devil brings at you. Release God's word and break through. release god's word and break through amen are you joyful yes i love you guys this has been an amazing journey last week of the month and i believe god has god has really blessed us this year amen amen and i want to encourage you saying there is so much more amen there is so much more that god has for us uh amen Amen. Be joyful. Amen. Uh, joy is infectious. So if you're joyful, your neighbor will be joyful. So if your neighbor is sad, you know, just elbow them and say, "Be joyful." <laughs> Amen. God bless you guys. Are you blessed? Yeah. Okay.